portion of God's Word that we will spend our time focusing on for a few minutes this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our risen redeemer. Amen. So if you read through the Today's Focus paragraph on the inside uh, cover of your worship folder today, or if you read the email that went out this week, I asked you to just spend a minute thinking about the word mercy. What comes to mind when you think about that word? It was a good thing for me to do this week, to just chew on the word all over again. If you teach anything at all, religious, secular, if you teach, if you teach the same topic a lot, it's pretty easy to say things the same way every single time, to explain it the exact same way over and over and over again. The last few years, I've been privileged to teach Bible basics pretty regularly. And when we're talking about God's love, I'll often talk about grace and mercy, like two sides of the same coin. If, if the coin is God's love, grace is like looking at God's love from one side, and, and mercy is like looking at God's love from the other side. Grace is God's love for you and me that's not deserved. Mercy is God showing love to you by withholding what you do deserve, by, by holding back the punishment, holding back the hell you deserve. So, so both are, are ways to look at God's love. It can be helpful. It can be a helpful picture. We've done it here for a children's devotion in the last year. Every single time I teach Bible basics, it comes up. But that was the first thing that came to my mind, that there's got to be a little bit more to the word mercy. It, it can't be that simple, right? It's not just the idea of God withholding the hell that we deserve. And so as I was studying, I was reading through a Greek lexicon that had the, the word that Jesus uses in our text for today. Um, a lexicon is a fancy word for a dictionary, right? It's, a, it's a, a, a language dictionary that has all the uses of this particular word in Greek and then helps you understand how it's used and what it means. The, the Greek word here is oiktirmon. And there's another word for, for mercy, eleison. Probably heard that one before, kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, right? Same concept, but here's what this, this particular lexicon said for this word. 
pertaining to being concerned about another's unfortunate state or misery, to be merciful or compassionate. And so is there an idea of withholding something that is deserved? Yeah, sure. If someone has, has sinned against you, and it would make all the sense in the world for, for, for you to retaliate, and you hold back, is that mercy? I guess. I guess. But, but it's more. It's, it's the idea that you're looking at someone who's in a miserable state, a pitiable condition, and you have compassion. Your heart goes out to them. You, you want to help them. As I was studying this word, I, I had a, a memory that I don't think I've had for probably 15 plus years. I thought of a game that we used to play. Anybody played Mercy when they were kids? In my elementary school, it was a pretty common game. That the children would lock hands, right? Like this. And then you'd start to twist each other's hands and wrists, and, and the goal was to get the other person in such an uncomfortable position that they would yell out, Mercy! And then you'd stop. And the game was over. Is that... Is that mercy? To inflict pain on someone and then when they cry out and ask you to relent, then you relent? It made me realize just how, how twisted and sinful humans are. From the earliest age, we're willing to bully others with our bodies physically. We want to dominate other humans We want to bring them to their knees, beg for mercy? We act like we know the motives of human hearts. Like somebody says something to you that kind of hurts your feelings and and you assume the worst. I know why you said that. As if you can read their heart. How often we look at another human or another group of humans and say, now that person deserves hell. That person deserves to, to rot apart from God's love for all eternity, as though they do and I don't. As Christians, we should be quick to forgive, and yet how often do we see in our lives we are very, very, very slow to forgive? Just that one little memory of a game of mercy just kind of brought me to my knees again. See that the sinful hearts that are in all of us. How obviously we, we deserve God's wrath and punishment. How, how clear it is. I deserve, I deserve hell. So do you. This is what happens in a Christian, right? We, we see our sin. It brings us to our knees and God shows mercy to us. He, he does not punish us as we deserve, but, but really it's more than that. He sees our pitiable state. He sees our sinful condition, the hell that we deserve, and he shows compassion. His heart goes out to us. What do you think a Christian's life would look like? Knowing that, knowing the mercy of God, knowing what he has done for you and for me, the, the way that he looks at us, sinful though we are, dark and disgusting though our hearts could be, God shows mercy to us, and we as Christians know that, and so what would you expect? You'd expect our lives to look a certain way. That's what Jesus is talking about. 
He says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. You know God's mercy for you. Treat others the same way. Do not judge and you will not be judged. That's a famous one, right? From the King James. Judge not lest ye be judged. People bring that up all the time. Don't judge. You shouldn't judge. Christians aren't supposed to judge. What is this talking about? This is not talking about teachings in God's word. God commands us to to look at what people say and, and do and teach. Is it what God's word says? That's not judging. Not like this anyway. That's comparing what someone says with their mouth or does with their hands to what God's word says. This is the heart. It's not saying if you refrain from judging, then you'll get to go to heaven as if you're refraining from judging the motives of hearts is what's going to get you to heaven. No, context, right? In light of God's mercy, in light of what you already know, why would you judge? Why would you judge the motives of another person's heart? You, you don't know that. And this is where it gets scary. God says, Christian, if you think you know my mercy, and then you judge the motives of a heart, I'll treat you the same way. I'll judge you. Because I can actually see your heart. I know what's in there. I'll become your enemy all over again, and you'll be judged. Christian, you want to condemn? You, you want to act as though those people over there are the ones who deserve hell? I'll become your enemy all over again. I'll condemn you to hell. Forgive. Just as you have been forgiven. How could you not? How could you not? In light of God's mercy. It's kind of a horrifying section of scripture if we're honest, isn't it? A lot of Christians believe that once you're saved, once you're a Christian, you can't fall away. You're always saved. If someone does, quote unquote, fall away, they must not have actually been a Christian. That's not true. Jesus here is talking to people who know God's mercy, who know their sin. Yep, I'm a sinner. Christmas, Easter, God sent his son. He lived the perfect life. He died the death I deserve and rose from the dead. I I know my sin. I know my Savior. Really? Then why do you judge hearts? Why do I assume I know why you did what you did? Or why you said what you said? Why do I ever look at another group of people and think to hell with them? Jesus says that doesn't follow. And if we do this, we're no Christian at all. And these are the kinds of people to whom God shows mercy. People like you and me who know God's mercy and still lose to our sinful nature on a daily basis. People who know what God has done for us turn around and act in a way that makes no sense for the Christian. God comes to us in his word and he drives us to our knees all over again. Right back to the cross where Jesus paid for even These sins, even my sin of judging hearts, your sin of condemning others, that's forgiven too. 
Jesus uses this parable and this picture of a plank and a speck to kind of drive the point home. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? Students not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. When I think of a plank, I'm thinking of like a two by six. You know, nice, nice sturdy piece of wood. You can get a lot of two by sixes out of a good sized oak tree, though. Right? The word here literally means beam. One piece of wood from a big old oak tree. A massive beam. The kind that you would use to hold up a ceiling. This is a big piece of wood. And this is a problem for so many of us. We, we, we fail to see our sin. We're quick to point out sin in our neighbor's lives. And there's a beam of wood stuck in our own eye. What's Jesus doing today? He's showing us how to get rid of the beam. It's when God in his word drives us to our knees, helps us to see the, the sorry state of our own lives. Even as Christians, how we struggle day after day after day. The beam is removed as we find the cross of Christ and forgiveness for all of our sins. Now we can go to one another. Now we can go to our brother, our sister, and say, here, this cross is for you too. I'm I'm a sinner just like you. But this cross is for you just like it's for me. Why do we show mercy to others? Why do we show love to others? It's because of the mercy that God has shown to us, the compassion that he has shown to us. And so when you see someone who's in need, if they need your time, give them your time. If they need some skill you have, some gift that you have, use it to help. If you have money and they need money, give and give generously. When someone says something to you or does something to you that really rubs you the wrong way, Put the best construction on it. When you see someone who's just as deserving of of hell as you, look at them the way Jesus does. See one of the people for whom he died. And try to think of ways that you could share God's word with them. When you're sinned against, forgive unconditionally right away. I forgive you. You don't need to earn my forgiveness. You're forgiven right now. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, Heavenly Father, how great and boundless is your goodness toward us. How tender your mercy. How tireless your patience. How seldom we follow your most holy example. How much hardness of heart. How much hatred and irreconcilableness. How much lovelessness is daily noticeable among us. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Awaken us now through your word, that the fire of your love may seize us all. May we remain in love and finally come to perfect love in that blessed life. Hear us for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen.